0: This is the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. We finally have 20 teams, all with one victory. Hey. It took I three it. weekends, not when we were chirping anybody, but it took three weekends. Every team in the Ontario Hockey League has at least one win. Yeah. London and Kitchener getting the job done on Sunday. London on the road, Kitchener at home. Yeah, big one. There's some big wins we're off and running all the teams are ready to go
1: yeah now it's the first to two who's the yeah. last team to have two wins yeah right and then <laughs> eventually there's just that's that... now warty
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah then there's <laughs> eventually
1: that one there's eventually that one team that just uh falls behind everybody else and you just hope that's not you
0: big time big time uh jam-packed show again for you of course no featured game this week we Had a lot going on, so didn't get a featured game this past week. Uh, So this week's show kind of looks like this. There were trades. We will talk about that. There were more trades. Um, And one team (laughs) has very little (laughs) cards left. So I'm sure we'll get into that. Of course, uh, we will chat about games that we watched that were very intriguing and we liked over the weekend. Uh, And then, of course, just players who caught our eye, things that caught our eye around the league kind of go through the headlines through five games. Yeah. We could essentially say that every team has played at least five games uh, so five far in more. the year. I don't know if we want to call this a winners and losers type. It's
1: really we... losers
0: through five games, but
1: <laughs> yeah, they're done. It's over. You only played <laughs> yeah. five games. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, It's over. Yeah. Uh, five game evaluation. Years. There you go. Yeah, Break you it have, into five uh, 63 games. Three games remaining. Yeah. It's over.
0: Yeah. Um, not a chance. Uh, yeah maybe next year it's always. i just (laughs) yeah i just said something that jeff blashel would always preach break it into five game segments geez i think i'm wow i think i'm fired now that's bad well as
1: long as you don't stick to dump and chase 24 7 very true you're you're down you're down a goal with like two remaining in their in their space to skate it in but we're just going to dump it in or throw the third line out there late in games yeah um throw luke glendening out there to take a face off with like a minute to go down one that hey, well, what's wrong it?
0: with luke glendening is great at face off so
1: yeah he is but face offs and then get larkin's off the ice bye yeah but not yeah. when dylan larkin's not on the ice that's a problem yeah that's Good what point. got
0: me yeah look at us talking yeah. wings
1: yeah hey two and oh maybe maybe not uh we're recording <laughs> maybe not by ice, the time so, yeah exactly yeah. that's why yeah. i didn't say undefeated because
0: button to the sleeves.
1: but, but yeah, yeah we're riding the wave right now that's for sure
0: Oh, yeah, we are. Uh, all right, let's start with the moves around the league. We'll start there, Wardy. Yeah. And there were some pretty solid and big moves, I would say. Uh, I guess a we'll ton. start October 11th, where three moves were made. It's <laughs> a pretty busy day. That was, yeah, And you
1: know the one uh, too. you had to make a trade? There can't be a trade that goes through without this team making a trade. I mean, I, I might as well say it. You know, if, you know, if there's a trade, you know, Niagara's got to make a trade. It feels like this year, whenever there's a trade, it's Niagara. But this yeah. year, or this week's uh, transaction report is brought to you by the Niagara Ice Dogs. <laughs> as we all, as last week, we had that rant about a lot of nice jerseys that got a lot of attention for oh, us yeah. about that one. But hey, we were right. We were right. Brad confirmed those things are trash. We were right. Um, Feels good. Feels gonna good be in the wind column, you know. We got pucks in deep. Um, <laughs> we spoke facts and uh, came out and delivered. We came out and delivered, and what more can you ask for? Hey, salute the fans. Call her a night. Let's go.
0: <laughs> I picture that being every post game presser that you would ever have, Wardy. Yeah, it know would just is- be the generic hockey player. Yeah, but you know what sucks? Answers so now.
1: Yeah, but now immediately like last year, we had our first press conference in like the conference final with the East, with North Bay and Hamilton, it was weird. Now we're pushing for those answers, yeah. but put ourselves in a situation. We would never say that. It's weird. Like, yeah, you know,
0: no, yeah. like it's
1: a odd being on the other end of that. It's kind of different. So that's a big transition. It's kind of different getting used to that. But yeah, it was, a uh, mm-hmm. last year was definitely fun. It was tough asking questions and not trying to ask too personally into the system. That was tough. Cause you don't want to be that guy that asks a question, like what's the injury report or something with like, Then it goes, like, all quiet. You don't want to be that guy. So, yeah, like, that was my biggest concern.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? That's the one thing we had to figure out, especially with losing teams. Yeah, (laughs) The losing coach would come out first, obviously. Or, no, the road team would come out. I guess in Hamilton, it was always North Bay first.
1: Road team came out first. first, Because remember game one? Remember Game One of the OHL Finals when uh when Windsor won in Hamilton, like you could just
0: sense the shock
1: because then Windsor came yeah. in. Windsor came in, I believe it was Maggio, and then Savard. I believe it was Maggio.
0: Oh, I thought it was Renwick because he got the OT Renwick. winner.
1: Renwick, yes, good memory. And yeah, Maggio was in Game Three in Windsor, yeah. but um yeah that I remember that and like Windsor, there was almost a little bit of shock because like they knew Hamilton was for real. And then, and like, once you get that belief in a good way, you ha- you're shocked. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what it felt like for Winter. It's like, holy crap, like, we got a shot here. Like, they always believed, but then, like, they definitely believed. I mean, we're three wins away. Like, then they really felt it. they were the closer team to winning the series. And then Hamilton came in, then you could feel that shock that they were, j- they just lost a game. You know, they lost 12 in a row. At home? They won 12 in a row. And it's like, we, yeah, they just lost a game at home. They never lost a game since December 30th, I believe, was the last time they lost a game at home that, in, since regular season. So that's tough. But, yeah, that's quite the, that was quite the situation. Press conferences, mm-hmm. they can be nerve-wracking. You don't want to ask a bad question. Yeah. You don't want to get singled out. And I remember my first one, I was thinking, oh, no. Especially in the press conference, like in the OHL, like when they hand the mic around, it's not like in the NHL where they have the mics in the ceilings or whatever, where like, you can just ask a question, the mics pick it up. Yeah. They have a couple of mics. Like in the press conferences, we were handing around a mic, and it wasn't wireless either. So like here was a couple. Things yeah, you had to work the...
0: around the main. Yeah, it was the was and everything. Yeah.
1: yeah, so that's why I always wanted to sit in the first chair. But not in the first row because I didn't want to have the back oh, God, of my head no. on, the, on the screen. Didn't want to have that. But I wanted to be like one of the first people to ask the question just because and we had that right with the Hamilton Bulldogs because we're on the auto network and with the team. So you have a you had that option to go one for the Bulldogs, but when Windsor, you always wanted to ask that first question just to get it out of the way. want to get your question out there before it gets taken, because that's always a bummer when you think about something. And then you don't then you don't have a question and it feels like, well, this is kind of pointless being here. You feel like you <laughs> left out type thing. So that's yeah. always tough. But it's nice to go first, get that over with and not ask a question where nerves take over and it's not what you meant to say, but you got to word it right. So yeah. that was my biggest fear with the press conferences, but it was fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's getting in there. No, it was, it was really enjoyable. I mean, the coaches were great to, great to talk to Right. Ryan Ulihan uh, with North Bay. Of course you get Mark Savard with Windsor and Jay McKee with Hamilton. It just, I think we had good coaches, for the first oh, pressers of the savvy, year, of the career. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah Mark yeah, Savard right. and Jay McE oh yeah. my.
1: I mean, Jay's great to interview. Jay's great to interview with Hamilton. I mean, he gives an honest answer that's a respectable answer. Obviously, not going to tell you too much because well, yeah. most of the stuff supposed to stay in-house, and you don't want to be that guy in the media that asks a question, quote-unquote, a stupid question about in-house <laughs> and gets singled out. So, he's good, and Savard, Mark Savard, I mean, savvy. What a what an interview that is. I mean, he'd be a guy that if we had him on the show, we would talk probably for two hours. I could see that. It would probably be a two-hour conversation Man. about everything. Because he's just all like he's not all over the place, but he has a lot to talk about. There's always a lot on his mind. The best question was that I was proud about last year when I got to ask him about the astro dollar after all the tweets that he's tweeting out for the Windsor Shift Flyers <laughs> to go to games. I asked him, so how much you can paid for that? <laughs> that was my best question to Mark Savard last year. Kind of break the like the shell a little bit. Yeah. yeah, that was fun talking to
0: Savvy. He's a good guy. Yeah. No, just a f- all around fun experience, right? And then you get the media in Windsor when we were there in game six. Um, and then anyone that came up for uh, yeah. for game seven, of course. So yeah, they Andy made Pava. Me as well. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> that was a fun time. It you was all the memories. For sure. Can't wait for this year.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be fun for sure. TSN game when Windsor's in Hamilton. So
1: Ooh. yeah, they'll make the trip though.
0: Yeah, they will. Oh yeah.
1: Good. Good. I wonder if he'll bring the Windsor pizza.
0: That's the a, that's a, that's a Brandon yeah. thing. That was yeah. Brandon. Yeah, that, that was, was big. I've Brandon. had it numerous times. It was yeah. more for you and Brandon to experience. Yeah, that's why well, I kind of yeah. just sat there because Manny knew I was from Windsor, so he yeah. clearly like he knows. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty. He, it pretty much sounds like he lives where my grandparents used to live for like ever. That's sweet neighbors <laughs> all this time. So as we both celebrate Detroit scoring a goal against on Monday night, that means nothing now because it's now Tuesday. Play but... the gold horn. <laughs> All right. We got to get to some trades here because we just talked about media and pizza and a little bit of the wings. But yeah. There we okay. no oh, deal.
1: I was nervous to ask a dumb question in the press
0: conferences. Yeah. yeah I think we're all like no, that. That went no. off the rails. I think when you first, <laughs> we're first starting out, everyone oh, gets yeah. it like that. So we're yeah. good. We're all right. Um, We mentioned the Ice Dogs, so let's start there. It happened twice on October 11th, and we will start London-Niagara. They've made quite a few moves in recent years. Uh, Those two have hooked up for um, some trades and worked out that we got to see this defenseman uh, in London, or in Hamilton when London made the trip uh, to the first Ontario center. So Gerard Keane and Mississauga's 12th rounder in 2023 goes to Niagara for Alec Leonard. North Bay's third round pick in 2023 and Mississauga's second round pick in 2026. And then following that, uh Matthew Pappas goes to Owen Sound. Immediately makes an impact. So uh shout out to him. But uh an Owen Sound fifth rounder coming back to Niagara and Colin, they are running out of cards. Yeah, they like, only got two. It's going cards out of left. style.
1: Yeah, they don't have a lot of cards left in Niagara and i mean anyone can see that with the amount of moves they made it makes zero sense uh, in a way that with the Papas deal because you trade i believe here i'll look at i have the transactions out here um but i believe the pappas deal yeah a fourth and a third from niagara and then an eighth round pick now oh fifth round pick fifth round pick going now Mm -hmm. back like that's a tough trade to make that's a tough trade to make um there's no uh, protection there at all. I mean, you make a trade like that, you're out to the wolves on that one. Um, Everyone can see that. And uh, I can, I believe, and I mean, I give the fan base and I give the rest of the media credit for being upset with that trade because you give up so much to get a guy. And then you go see him go to Owen Sound, he has a big weekend. I mean, That's going to happen, right? The big weekend thing. I mean, that's going to happen. You make a trade. That's part of a trade. But Mm -hmm. at least as a general manager, you got to get credit. You got to have credibility with that trade. You go up and give a lot more out. You don't get as much back. That looks tough on yourself. So that's a tough one mentally for them. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, One more move happened. And that kind of involves us a little bit. Uh, George Diaco. London Knights being involved as well. We saw him make his return to first on Ontario center, by the way, shout out to the Bulldogs. That was a pretty sweet tribute nice. uh, yeah. that they had for George Diaco on the big board. So um, he went to Hamilton or he went to London from Hamilton for London's third rounder in 2023 and Windsor's second rounder in 2024. So the Hamilton Bulldogs getting a good return for George Diaco, who, solid That's player. Good. He went Michigan last year. He got things started at the outdoor showcase, just no, yeah. a, a guy that fit the role that he played uh, in Hamilton, leading them to that championship. Yeah, and this is the guy that the London Knights desperately needed.
1: Um, Diaco last year in the playoffs, I thought his role went down a little bit. I didn't think he played that much in big situations. Obviously, the McTavish deal that's going to go down, but mm-hmm. Diaco can put the puck in the net, no uh, question about that. So, and that's something that the London Knights desperately need. I mean, you look at the score, you look at the scoring the London Knights have. And you looked at, and we saw them play Sunday up close, and you can still see the lack of goal scoring. Hamilton just played terrible in that game. Hamilton was awful in that game, but the London Knights desperately need goal scoring, and Diaco is going to bring that for them. And I think they need more than just Diaco to score because one guy that's a lot of pressure, but major, major acquisition for the London Knights, and that's definitely going to go a long way for them. And I believe it's a really good move, and that's just a move that. You see Mark Hunter make. Mark Hunter is going to make those moves all day. Get an extra overage that can score. You're going to ship an overage. You're out. Um, looking at the scratches, it looks like Montgomery. So that's something there. Obviously, I don't like to mention player names and that with like trades when it hasn't happened. But you know, he's been scratched. So that's obviously there's going to be some questions there to see what happens. But really good player. And uh, yeah, Diaco is going to bring a lot of goal scoring for them. You're looking at thirty to forty goals out of Diaco. So. That's a big acquisition, and a lot of nice desperately need that after Evangelista being gone from last season. and Because Evangelista scored a lot of their goals
0: last year. Yeah, when you put 50-plus in the back, yeah, that, right? you got to fill that, and whether or not you do it the, the next year or two years down the road, uh, it's still tough to replace even though you think you have that guy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I totally agree. We talked about it last week at length, whether it was on here or the Hammertown podcast about – What Diaco adds to the London Knights and how much scoring they actually do need. Because what they had four goals, four in three games. Yeah, it was bad um, through the first two weekends. So, yeah, that'll the production will definitely go up for sure now. Yeah. For the Knights. A couple days later, October 13th, tough Bulldogs in another trade. Yeah, absolutely. Big fan of this guy, uh, Marco Costantini. To a team that desperately needed to win Whew. and keep pucks out of their net, Desperate Kitchener Rangers. We got our answer. We got our answer. Yeah. Remember last, remember last yeah, week on right? the
1: show, when we said they were using the an bug and they didn't have the goalie. Well, hey, there's our answer.
0: Yeah. Costantini deal. Now yeah. You got
1: Jackson Parson, Marco Costantini.
0: Yeah. Windsor second rounder in 2025, coming back to Hamilton along with a conditional sixth round pick in 2025. That is Kitchener's. So uh, nice Marco plan. Costantini. No, he didn't have the debut uh, with the Rangers that he wanted. He lost in his Rangers debut, but he was able to bounce back and get them that first win against a tough Flint team on Sunday uh, for the Rangers' first win. And Again, Flint, tough trip for them. You go into Niagara, lose 7-3, yeah. and then you fall in Kitchener for their first win of the year. Um, you know, Shout-out to Marco Costantini for playing so well and rebounding after a loss, but... Well, Flint Firebird's a rough weekend for them. So, you know, excited for Marco. I think I tweeted it out. He's he's a great guy. Mateo Drobak's gonna do a great job for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Um, he We're is just... definitely not the reason they lost to London on Sunday. So no. it- it's always nice when you have that option, whether or not you keep your OA goalie or you don't, you know that the guy you don't ship is still gonna make saves and make important saves in games. Yeah.
1: And at the end of the day, they just valued their goaltending being deeper than their defense, which is a head scratcher, but it's even. Hamilton's a deep team this year. Their defense is okay. It was a bad weekend for them, and it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But they're okay. And Costantini, it's a hockey trade. It's going to happen. That's the nature of the business. With only three OAs, right? And they, mm-hmm. I know the Bulldogs wish they had four, so they only had to get rid of one instead of two. But Gavin White, it looks like he'll be the third OA. So it'll be Morrison, Hayes, and White, and that's solid. That's mm-hmm. a solid. Uh, that's a solid OA core. But. uh a tough move, that's for sure, and Costantini's going to do really good in Kitchener.
0: One final move so far. Yeah, interesting. to be yeah. one on Tuesday. Uh, Jake yeah. Murray goes from the Kingston Frontenacs to the Guelph Storm. Guelph gives up Oshawa's fourth-round pick in 2024, Niagara's third-round pick in 2025, and their own third-round pick in 2026. Wardy, what do you make of this one?
1: Good trade for Guelph. I mean, Guelph needs to get the puck out of the net. They're giving up way too many goals. And um, that's, just a, that's just a good move, get a veteran defenseman that can play both sides of the puck. And uh, Guelph needs that right now. That's just a classic George Burnett hockey trade. Uh, we see that a fair bit out of him. And we saw that in Belleville. We see it in Guelph. And we're just seeing it now. Um, that's just a George Burnett trade. He'll address weaknesses faster than anybody. I mean, him, Mark Hunter make a deal in the same week to get positions they desperately need to fill and uh right. that's just what those guys do they don't wait around and they go out and get things they fix things and uh just a classic move for George Burnett. and a good cl- good veteran defenseman in the Guelph. that's really needed it reminded yeah. me of the Saprika deal last year with sarnia I think that's Murray plays a, I think Murray plays a similar role of what Saprika played for Guelph. just mm-hmm. behind out because Murray's not going to play Murray's a good defenseman don't get me wrong but Bush Singer's Bush number one, Allen's number two, right? And I feel like though Allen being in his draft here, they'll want to play him a fair bit, and then Murray will fall into the three slot. But that's a very good top three.
0: Yeah, again, what makes the Midwest division a little bit more scarier, um, yeah. when you throw Marco Costantini to Kitchener, when you throw uh, Pappas to Owen Sound, and you get... Um, yeah,
1: Pappas having a big week too.
0: Yeah, you get Diaco going to London, so... Like we said, I still think it's going to be the toughest division in the league this season, most competitive. What a weekend they had uh, <laughs> yeah. via the trades, right? So, yeah, um, sure. yeah, we'll we'll break quickly, come back uh, when we do come back on the other side. We'll go around the league, kind of what caught our eye, and then yeah. and then we'll get into uh, who we think, uh, what we think about the first five games, kind of around the league. We'll, Again, whether you want to say winners or losers, but you know who's who has impressed us, who hasn't impressed us, who oh they're right where who's we hot, thought they're not. Be. Yeah, essentially, pretty much. We if do you want to? you want to be in the words of Jim Taddy, got to give credit to him. Are we going yes guy, no guy on teams? Ooh, um, hey, that's what we did in the trade two. deadline.
1: That's what we did in the trade deadline last year. Buy sell. I like that one. Yeah. The, the buy sell. The it's man. too early for that. Oh yeah, man, Tap Man's
0: getting. He got. Re- he is uh, getting ready today. I saw the video. He had his food up in the press box on Monday, getting ready for the game Instagram. of the year: Coyotes Maple Leafs. Because everybody yeah, wants to be there and watch barn. the Coyotes. Yeah, two,
1: te- two teams that I don't really care about. Obviously, if they came with a media <laughs> job,
0: you would. But <laughs> right now, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So all of that is coming up on the other side here on the OHL and sixty podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. As always, make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL in 60 podcast. Keep you up to date every week with what's going on, especially with the featured game every week when we don't have plans every single day, which is surprising because I really don't have a life. So uh, that, that was kind of weird last <laughs> <We're laughs> week. But other than that, uh, most times we do have a featured game for you. So again, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the OHL 60 podcast. Is, it's it's hilarious because Colin Ward is dying laughing, but he's going to start it's off the this segment because he's got to say something and he didn't want to forget it, so he wants to do it at the start Thank of the you. segment, but I made him laugh his rear end off. So, Colin, take Thank it you. away if you're done laughing. Composure! <laughs> yeah. Um. No, uh,
1: before I forgot about this, and I mean, I wouldn't forget about it now that it comes back to me, but I want to mention that Barry Colts went over the Sioux Greyhounds, and the one thing in that game is between the lines when Bo Gelsman recorded his first point on the season and i just want to mention bo quickly because he hasn't had the start that you would want him to have or he would want to have but you this kid's gonna get out of it he'll get out of it and he's gonna have a big year and uh yeah there's kind of a borderline effect They sent him a message and said like hey have a night tonight type thing before and then he records his first point of the year so uh, there's a little bit of an effect there on us but um no uh, bo worked his butt off this summer he um and, you know, he had a lot of development camp experience, he had a training camp experience, and he's a good hockey player. He's a good hockey player, and he was this close to getting picked in the NHL draft. I mean, he should have been picked. Everyone around the Ontario Hockey League knows Bo Jelsman should have been a draft pick last year in the, Inter- in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. And it's so close, and uh, he's a good hockey player, and I think that affects you a little bit, right? When you, you see that all the time every year. You see a guy get drafted or don't get drafted. And they come, they go to invites and they come back, right? And they're a little snake bit in a little bit. But uh, Bo's a heck of a hockey player, he's doing the right things defensively, which hey, that's a plus. And uh, for the fans' media, stay with him because he's a heck of a hockey player, and he's gonna have a big year, and he's a big part of that Barry Colts team. And as we both know, he's he's a big part of that Barry Colts team in any part of their success, so he's gonna be a big part of it. And I just want to mention that, uh, congrats to Bo, congrats Bo on a big week and uh, keep it going, man, keep it going, and uh all the success you deserve it I you know he worked his butt off this summer so i just want to mention that and this week this week the effect i got to mention gavin bryant i know gavin had a tough week last week i know gavin said he had a tough week last week so hey gb 13 breaks out of it this week boys so uh that's a big one so i wrote Owen sound this year he had nothing to do with it. as you know Reece, he had nothing to do with my no, pick and um this week gavin bryant big week for you so Maybe we do this. What show guest has a big week each week? We predict for yeah, Gavin Bryan right. this week. All right. Gavin Bryan this week. That works. He has to. I'm good with that. Hashtag the effect. Yeah. Speaking we'll get it going. And then maybe the listeners will get involved too as well when he has a big night. We'll get it going on social media. But yeah, Gavin's going to have a big weekend this weekend. And uh, both keep working off that last weekend. You looked great. And uh, keep working on that.
0: Mm-hmm. All right headlines news notes that caught our eye we'll start with the news and notes that caught our eye over the past week, and then we'll get into a couple of the headlines from around the league uh one thing i found interesting today looking kind of for things something extra to add i just want to mention this again so i don't forget because i probably will um every team in the eastern (laughs) conference is at 500 or better i think that's pretty sweet uh nine out of ten teams have a even or plus goal differential. The only team in the minus is Oshawa minus one. Darn. Uh, yeah. So, so I thought that was pretty sweet guys. You know, most goals scored in the Eastern conference right now. Shocking the Ottawa 67s. They've scored 30 goals. They've only let in 16. So they're kind of leading the pack there. Uh, Saginaw, spirit already up to 37 goals in seven games. Uh, pretty good start for them and like you mentioned with the Guelph storm needing defense they have given up 40 goals in 7 yeah. games so definitely definitely there you want to you need the improvement uh, i talk about the records in the eastern conference being at or above 500 only 4 teams in the western conference are above 500 that is the Windsor Spitfires at 40 and 2 the Owen Sound Attack or 4 and 3 Saginaw Spirit 4-2-1, and one, and the Sarnia Sting are 4-3, and three, drops off from there uh, to below 500. But I thought those were just a couple of things uh, that were a little interesting oh. to point out as we start here. And also
1: quickly, going back to last segment with the transactions, I don't know, I believe it's official, but um, Xavier Medina, good luck to you in the mm-hmm. falls of the USHL. I just want to mention that quickly. Um, Windsor Spitfires
0: will be... Hey, that works great. as a headline. You're all right.
1: Yeah, he'll be uh, parting ways with the Spitfires. I just wanted to mention that good luck with Sioux Falls at the USHL, and um, Sioux Falls is getting a really good goaltender.
0: Yeah, I kind of saw that coming from Windsor, right? You go get the young guy Costanzo, you've already got Onishka and Medina. One guy had to yeah. go. Kind of thought it would be Medina, um, but now being made official. So yeah, I mean, he had a heck of a run being that uh, being part of that goaltending tandem with the Windsor Spitfires last year in the playoffs, so yeah. yeah. Shout out to him. Wish him all the best uh, in the USHL. Again, good development league uh, for guys to move on up the ranks, whether it be NCAA, into the pros, or even into Europe. Never know. Still another avenue, right? Yeah, not sure. everyone has a straight line to the NHL.
1: Yeah, exactly. And we could talk about this with um, the Sault Ste. Marie commit there before. Went on a commitment draft pick about maybe it's not right for him. Maybe it's not the right situation for him. So yeah, everyone has their own path, Reese, and exactly. And he'll, he'll nail
0: it in Sioux Falls. It's a good spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out, finally getting into a game this season, uh, Colin McKenzie, we talked about the <laughs> Noso, uh being the number one guy for the 67s and throughout the beginning of the year. Yeah, I would say he is. Uh, but Colin McKenzie getting into a game uh, this past weekend. I'm just going to pull up the game by game log here. There it is. Uh, played the full 60 against the Guelph Storm. He turned away 19 of 22 shots. Not the busiest guy in the world, uh, but was still able to get the win, get his first win of the year in his first game. Uh, it's the Ottawa 67s improve to 6 oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Colin, we'll, we'll start with the Ottawa 67s. This start, they're going to cool down. That's just the way it Every goes. Team- Every but, team will
1: lose. Every team won't lose every game. Yeah,
0: they're pretty tough to go 60 uh 68 and 0. If they yeah. do. Well, yeah, good for sure. them. But yes. <laughs> uh so
1: if Sue didn't do it a few years back, if London didn't do it in 0405, Hamilton didn't do it last year. Yeah, it's tough to do.
0: Very true. Very true. Uh wh- where do we see the 67s here? This could be their five game report card. Just Hottest team in the OHL, clearly. You could put Mississauga hey up there as they're six and one to start their season, but uh, the only team to not have a loss and the Windsor Spitfires—they don't have a regulation loss, but they've got two overtime losses. Uh 67s, Colin. Your thoughts on them early on, and um, had how we see game. them going out through the next next six games and beyond. Yeah, they've had a plot.
1: They're. You could say A-plus start, right, when you don't lose and you're playing the right way, you got to give it the an A-plus. It's been a really good start for the Ottawa 67s, and credit to Dave Cameron, who's a really good head coach. And um, he's a guy that's strict on the system, right, and Dave Cameron, you know they're going to stick to their system, and they can be a frustrating team to play against in sixty seven. So solid start. Um, you got to build off things. It's a tough weekend here. They have a very tough weekend. That's a tough travel. Going from Ottawa to North Bay is a very tough trip. You're going right across the province. It's a tough trip. Um, that, it's going to be a tough weekend. You go, you go in North Bay Thursday night. The noso will start. Friday night, you go in Sault Saint Marie. That's a tough back-to-back. Mm-hmm. You see, you used to always see Sue beat up on teams. I remember growing up and stuff, you always saw Sue beat up on teams on that back-to-back, especially the Sunday afternoon game. When, when teams from the Western Conference would do that Flint, or formerly Plymouth, but they would do the Plymouth-Flint slash trip, and then go to Saginaw on the Saturday night, and then do the Sunday for the three and three, or start at home and then go Saginaw or Flint, then Sioux. That's a very tough trip, and uh, that's probably a McKenzie game on Friday, and then in Sudbury on Sunday at two o five. Those afternoon games can be tough. Those mm-hmm. afternoon games can be tough to get up for the last game of a trip. So it's a tough weekend for them. But if they get out of this at eight and one, what a start! Mm -hmm. what a start so pot that's a positive thought on this one if you go into that eight and one you would take that if you're a 67s fan so the way i look at it is if you just drop one it's a good weekend it's a perfect weekend because that's a very tough road trip it's a tough travel that's a very tough trip it's not yeah
0: yeah the 67s coming off that 6-3 win against guelph they get a three-game road trip call that murder's row (laughs) <laughs> that trip, those three
1: teams, yeah, that trip, much. basically
0: murdered Ro. Yeah, Yeah, you're looking back to the days and reference the NHL back when San Jose, Anaheim, and Los Angeles were They're all good all at the same time. Like yeah. a California trip as an Eastern Conference no. team. Yeah, it's not really fun. But, again, the Whoa. Auto 67s with the start they've had might not be that way. They might just walk right through it. If they keep the momentum yeah. going, they might walk through it and go 3-0. and But I, I think what makes this trip so important, Colin, is you just look at the schedule over the next – two, three weeks for the 67s. They have seven of their next eight after this road trip at home. Oh, yeah. And against some you, solid teams. And if you're looking to rack up points early on in the year, the Ottawa 67s are going to do well, so. They'll be that team that gets out have. to that big league. Kind of like what we saw with Mississauga last year. They got out to such a big lead in the Eastern Conference. And then obviously Hamilton happened. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ottawa's that team right now. If Mississauga can stay with them, what a race that would be early on in the year. But uh, this yeah, is a very good have... chance for the 67s to just get two points, two points, two points, two points, just well, with all the home games they have coming up.
1: Yeah, you know, look at some of the teams the 67s already played, right? I mean, they played Kitchener, who Kitchener's looked terrible, quite frankly, in that road trip. Mm-hmm. Minus, minus eight goal differential currently for the Kitchener Rangers. They played the Guelph Storm, minus 17, goal differential so far and the Erie Otters they played week two on the season Erie Otters minus 10 goal differential so they played some teams that are having trouble scoring they're giving up a lot of goals so that's Mm -hmm. a situation too that they take advantage of teams that aren't quite into their system yet and they props to them but they've gotten some points already against teams that don't that aren't into their system yet which is massive to take
0: advantage of that you're they're behind the eight ball you're not yeah, that uh, that final home game in that 7-of-8 stretch, the Ottawa 67s are on home ice, is a school day game on a oh, Tuesday, 10.30 in the morning, but it is not at TD Place. It is at Canadian Tire Centre. Fun. So that is a very fun place to play. Yeah,
1: they have a home-and-home home with Kingston school day games November 9th as well. Wednesday, November 9th, 11 a.m. at Leon Centre. Mm-hmm. On the road, that's a tough trip. That's a tough trip.
0: Yeah. Good
1: luck. I'm especially the 1030 going to Ottawa from Kingston. You just hope it's not one of those November snow days. I remember before when the Bulldogs had a morning had one of those school day games, it was a snow day. Yeah. In the Hamilton area, and there's nobody there. It was like an empty, like it was like no fans type game. It was weird. And then they shut the lights
0: off and then all that went down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I went to one school day game in Hamilton. It was it was the Tuesday following, like a Sunday afternoon game for the Bulldogs. I was in producing. Was that the, the game shot? on eleven fifty? No, I don't think I can't remember who they played. It might have been Barry. Yeah, that was, they yeah. might have played Barry. I think I'm like eighty-seven and a half percent sure it was Barry. But uh, yeah, no, I ten o'clock start. I was at First Ontario Center by eight a.m., which tough. Yeah, those are tough. Yeah. But those, are yeah. tough. <laughs> um, those suck. But I mean, I mean, it was it was interesting to see. That was the first school day game I had ever attended. It's loud. Obvious. why would I go to another school day game? Yeah, I wouldn't have any opportunity to do so. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was uh, Ted Lehman kind of describes it perfectly. He goes that the kids are loud and they make the building loud. And just pick, but it. you hear the puck go in the net. You hear the teams celebrate, and then all of a sudden the kids get up. Oh, they scored! And then they start cheering and it's in you know, It's, it, loud it's obviously a it's a field trip. It's out of school. That's what kids are mostly focused on. Whereas, you know, you and I would, wouldn't even give a crap about our friends next to us. We'd be You're yeah. watching the game. Yeah. Well, you game. know what? You know,
1: what's the frustrating part about the school day games is how loud it is when they do the, like the let's get loud things between the whistles. Oh my, like the screens bring some Tylenol. I mean, you get a headache real quick.
0: Yeah. I but I mean,
1: it's kind of important to do. So, no complaints. But that's one thing. You got a
0: headache. It's loud. Mm-hmm. Um, something else. I know we wanted to talk about Colin. I guess we're kind of mixing in our five game evaluations here, uh, with kind of what caught our eye over the weekend. London and Kitchener getting that first win of the year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, talk about the difficulty scoring for London. They get Diaco. They put four on the board against the Hamilton Bulldogs. One being an empty netter, but you'll take it. Yeah. Um. They don't ask how. Yeah, just you you hope they grab some sort of momentum here because it's odd to see the Midwest division have four teams in the bottom four slots as we speak on Monday, October 17th. The Erie Otters, seven. London Knights, eight. Gulf Storm, nine. Kitchener Rangers are 10.
1: Is it? It's kind of not what we thought it was. Did we jinx it, Did Did we screw that up? I don't think we jinxed it because even the Owens on Attack aren't playing their best hockey. I mean, they had a tough weekend a couple weekends back, so it's not perfect hockey for them as well. And I think that the most surprising team to have a bad start to me is the London Knights. Because I think with the team with the best defense, obviously, Logan Mayu, he's back now. He'll probably play Wednesday night. But he's out, Isaiah George is out, but he came back on Sunday, which was nice to see. Max Um, McHugh
0: will come back.
1: Yeah, from suspension. So like but Usually, the teams that have a good start or have good goaltending and they have deep defense, which London does. London has a deep defense core. And so that's why I'm the most surprised with London Knights not having the best start because usually your goalie can get you, th- your goalie and your defensive depth can get you through the non goal scoring here in the first couple of weeks. That kind of rings alarms for me in the future that, uh, parts of this season if they don't, if they don't. Pick up the goal scoring because if they don't pick up the goal scoring, this team's not going to change. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting to me to see why they uh, why they've struggled so much. I was honestly surprised they've went the longest without a win. Kitchener Kitchener's had some bad starts before. I mean, last season they had some they had a rough one. Um, they'll figure it out in the second half. They always do. Um, the most surprising dude's is Guelph. Guelph's very surprising all the goals they give up with that defense. That's very surprising about their goal. I mean, their goaltending, it's not the greatest right now. And with the Grimes injury, they were a team that were probably heavily involved in the Costantini deal. Mm-hmm. They're probably definitely in on that deal. I mean, George Burnett, you know, he's going to be in on that well, deal. We just mentioned the first segment about well, Murray trade.
0: Well, and that's the thing, right? You think back to Bulldogs winning the championship in 18, Guelph goes and wins in 19. Uh, look at the trade they hooked up on. Uh, McKenzie, yeah. The whistle. Going to yeah. the Gulf Storm.
1: Yeah, they have a history, right? I I find in the OHL you can tell the GMs that are the veteran GMs that are really fine tuned in the league because they all make trades with each other. Because you see that there's a trust factor there, and they believe they can get maybe a one up. There's a little bit of competition there, a little bit of spark. Because I mean, general managers are competitive too, right? And mm-hmm. they they go head to head with the team, so they're the architects of the rosters. So. That's one thing, like, you always see Jordan- London and Guelph make trades before. London and Guelph make trades, and I think, and I saw a rumor out there, and I saw a couple comments on Twitter about a possible Brett Bros shoes sighting in in Guelph. That's a long ways away. That's a long ways away to talk about players getting moved, trade deadline and stuff. That's a long ways away. A lot's going to happen from here to now. Um, So that's just going to be thrown out the window real quick. But – it's just a comfort factor, I think, with GMs making trades in division like that. Yeah,
0: I do want to stick with London a bit. This is the first time we saw mm-hmm. Sam Dickinson live star uh, in a game, <laughs> and you you referenced Mo Sider, which wouldn't you know that guy's a stud, but, Powerful uh, skater. That's why. Yeah, you, you you can kind of see the resemblance between the two, and that we're not saying Sam Dickinson is Mo Sider. He has not even played ten games in empowered. the Ontario Hockey League yet, but 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 you can tell he's already controlling the play when he's got the puck you know we saw him on the power play a couple of times in Hamilton he got a goal in that contest on the road and just the confidence mm-hmm. level is so high we talk about we're high on Van Acker obviously we're, we're high on Van Acker but Sam Dickinson as another rookie in the league you, you can tell he's gonna he's gonna handle his own he's gonna take care of himself and It's it's an exciting rookie year for sure. Like, thank God he's in the Ontario Hockey League and not somewhere else, and we get to watch him. Uh, Obviously, yeah, fans not happy he's not in Niagara, but (laughs) oh, Clinton looked good though. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Sorry, Niagara fans. But But, uh, I just wanted to highlight Dickinson because uh, because I thought he looked really good, and uh, you know, coming into first Ontario Center against the OHL champions. Not that this is the same team as last year, but. The confidence level is very high uh, for Sam Dickinson.
1: Yeah, for sure. And Dickinson's that guy that when you notice him step on the ice for warmups, you think, okay, this guy is the player to watch. He's a he's a star. He's the best player to watch. You can tell right when you see him step out for warm-ups. I mean, I was very impressed. Powerful strides, powerful skater. That's why I got the most Sider references. He's got a powerful skater. Um, when you watch most Sider, you can see that, how quick he gets to one spot, how fast he can pivot. For a big guy, Sam Dickinson's the exact same skater, more sider. I see a lot of Owen Power in his game, though. With Dickinson, when Power was at Michigan, I mean, tough to say that word. Go Bucks! Go Blue or go home. Go Bucks. Go Bucks. But <laughs> that um, he just reminds me of Power. How when he controls the game, whenever he's out there, he controls the game. He slows it down. He controls the puck. He makes a good pass. He's never out of position. Um, that's Sam Dickinson. And, you know, another thing that really caught my eye was Sam Dickinson. I noticed this at the OHL Cup last season. He really knows how to jump up in the rush. He knows how to play with levels to his game, and he knows how to get to the weak spots on the ice and expose the opposing team for that defensively because he can get to open spots and create a scoring chance. And he can get shots through as well. We saw him get a couple shots through on the goal on Sunday. We saw him get a shot through traffic. He gets shots through traffic while he sees the ice well. He has good vision to the net. So uh, he really sticks out to me. I don't know how, and this isn't a shot at any one pick, one, two, th- or three, because they are all exceptional players and they are all future stars in the National Hockey League. But I don't know how Sam Dickinson didn't go first overall. I don't know how he didn't. How do you not like a defenseman that's six foot three at 16 years old, who's a 19 year yeah. old? He's a 19 year old. If you see him play, you would think he's a 19 year old. And I don't know how. When I saw him at the OHL Cup, when I saw him against Branford, and Branford, Merrick Van Acker, we're high on him with the Bulldogs. Um, Lucas Carmiris, first round pick to Mississauga. Um, Braden McCallum, going to Peterborough, fourth round pick. He's basically their second round pick. But they, Branford was a solid team. Branford was ranked in the top ten all year. They got to fifth, I believe. But they're they're a solid team. Branford that top line with Acker and that couldn't get by him
0: mm-hmm.
1: did not even get by him. They didn't have a, they didn't have a whiff of scoring chances all game because of him. They wouldn't go down his side at all. And when I saw that, I was like, this guy's his first overall pick. This guy's the first overall pick. And I honestly, I'm shocked. He didn't go one. I'm shocked. He didn't go one. That's how good he is. And this guy is going to be in the NHL at 19 years old. This is a guy that you, when you see him play you would think he's never going to play a game in the American Hockey League. He's going right from the OHL to the show. He's going right to the NHL. He's that good. He has no weaknesses right now in his game, and he's just going to continue to develop, especially in that London Knights system. Right? You see, London, London has a track record, as everybody knows. You hate them or you love them, but everyone can admit about the London Knights, they always develop guys. They can develop guys. I mean, Luke Evangelista plays his first game in the AHL and scores a highlight reel goal. Got they develop, and Sam Dickinson's a guy that is going right to the NHL. He has zero weaknesses. He might be the best sixteen-year-old defenseman I've ever saw in the OHL. I'm willing to put that on there. He's that good. Um, I'm really, really impressed with him. I don't know how he didn't go first overall. And it's not mm-hmm. a knock at one, two, three in the draft because they all deserve to go first overall. But Sam Dickinson is the guy. He's the guy, and. That's why he should win rookie of the year. It doesn't matter how many points he gets as a defenseman. I don't think points matter. It's like Sider with the Calder. But Dickinson, if and I hope that's the thing. I hope media us media know how to vote when it comes to this year's rookie of the year. Obviously, we're only five, six games in. But I hope media knows how to vote with him because he deserves to be
0: – if he continues this and continues to roll, he's going to be rookie of the year. Uh, one more thing that caught my eye, or one more player that caught my eye over the weekend, and then we'll get to you, Wardy. Uh, Malcolm Spence with the Erie Otters. Uh, Saginaw Spirit came to mm-hmm. town over the weekend. Malcolm Spence ties the game and then wins the game in overtime. One shot coming right Excellent off the fair. faceoff was an absolute rocket, and then in overtime, carries the puck over the blue line, walks in, top of the hash marks. And scores the overtime winner, uh, oh, okay. second overall pick. It's just he's another like this rookie class is as well with Sudbury. Scoring yeah, his first. The, these guys are on another level when you well, look at recent rookie classes uh, in the and obviously we really didn't have a true rookie class. We did, but we didn't. Like it, it's tough mm-hmm. to group the guys that didn't get their rookie year in with the guys who had their you know, first season in the O last year, it would have been nice to see what those guys look like with the Panophemuses. Ty Nelson's in their true first year in the Ontario hockey league. But you know, in, in recent memory, these top four guys are pretty special.
1: Yeah. 100%. They are 100%. But
0: I just, I just wanted to mention Malcolm Spence, cause that's a pretty big moment. Your rookie year, you tie the game uh, in the third period and then you win it in overtime. Uh, with, time. with like I said, two Rockets. So uh, shout out to him and the Otters for picking up two points against the Spirit over the weekend. Uh, so that that's that's the last guy that kind of caught my eye and something I wanted to mention. Wardy, uh, where yeah. are you at as we have a couple minutes left here in the segment?
1: Yeah, we nailed, we nailed this year's draft. I know if listeners, if you guys go back and listen to the draft, so I know it's a long one, but we nailed this year's draft on the predictions. We nailed it about like how these players are going to perform. I think it's the best top four we've had in the last five years in the draft. Since the McDavid draft As a collective think, group, yeah. Yeah, I think this is gonna be like this is good. We have an exceptional status player. Um Spence Villano- Ave, or Villanova or Villanove and uh Sudbury. I always mess the name up, but what a player he is. I mean, scoring his first goal this weekend for uh the Sudbury Wolves, and then Sam Dickinson four. That might be the best four guys we've had in the draft in a very long time, mm-hmm. and uh yeah, very good players. And my uh, final thoughts, the last thing that caught my eye on the weekend, I don't know what coaches are doing. Um, a guy. <laughs> that's how I you warned me about it. this. I forgot yes. about this. You warned yes. me about this. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. So a player has a big game. I've noticed this. So a player's having a big game. They'll have a couple points. Like I saw a three-point night. Next game, he's on the third line. I don't really get that strategy too much. If a guy's feeling it, why not leave him in there? I know there's scouts and, and coaches that listen to the show message me on that one. Um, cause I'd like to get clarification on that to why, why switch it up. Right. When, and you see this all the time, why switch the lines up when you got a guy going, when the guy's buzzing, feeling it, he's getting, and he's producing. Why, why, why drop him to the third line? Why do that? Take him out of the top six. Mm-hmm. I don't get that situation at all. So, um, if any, like, I know there's some scouts and there's some coaches, a couple front office members that listen to this show, message me on that one because uh, I'd like some clarification on that and maybe talk about it next week, what the answer is, because that's something that's interesting to me. And I don't know why, but I don't agree with that. So that was the thing that caught my eye.
0: Makes perfect sense, Wardy. That boy. boy. Don't get that. <laughs> uh, scrolling through here thought i should mention this last because it impacts this league and the midwest division in particular uh a whole lot philip <laughs> mazer is going to the yes. kitchen Rangers, and hey, that's hey, the last work- point we're making here um that's big
1: yeah hey shout out to joel vanderland who uh is doing color on the belleville Senators audio network not a big deal uh <laughs> welcome to the audio network side of things i guess <laughs> on behalf of the hamilton bulldogs audio network congrats uh welcome to the family but um, no, congrats, Joel, uh, doing color for some games there. He did the game in Laval. Um, Philip Mazur played in that game and said so he looked really good. Take Kitchener's getting a good player. So um, that's solid to see. So that's why I quickly want to mention that uh, he saw Mazur on the weekend and said so he looked really good in Laval. So uh, yeah, Kitchener fans should be
0: exciting. Should be excited for that one. All right. There we go. Perfect way to end it off. Uh, time for another break. When we come back, we will round out the show. Player and goaltender of the week will be included in that final segment. So make sure you stick around right here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney, along with Colin Ward. Final segment before we round out the show, and we will begin with our player and goaltender of the week. We'll start in the blue paint. Colorado Avalanche prospect, Yvonne Zhigolov. Shout out to that name. Uh, of the Kingston Frontenacs, he had a couple of victories. His goals against average 1.50. Safe percentage of 952 undefeated weekend at home for the Kingston. Played good, Uh, Stopped 29 of 31 against the Hamilton Bulldogs. That was a 4-2 victory for Kingston. Um, And then they beat the Guelph Storm, who were on their Far Eastern Conference road trip.
1: At least they got that out of the way, Guelph. That's nice to get that out of the way.
0: Yeah, there's certain trips early in the year. You talk about the Ice Dogs. in Michigan after the first weekend of the year. Hamilton doesn't have to go to Owen Sound. Now, Guelph doesn't have to go to Kingston or Ottawa the yeah. rest of the year. Uh, that you was a 6-1 schedule, win against the Guelph Storm, by the way. For when, the the schedule come, when the
1: schedule comes out, that's the first thing you look at. What's the road trips? When? What, what month? Oh, yeah. You're hoping October. I'd rather start on the road for 10 straight and get all those road trips out of the way. I would go on a 10-game road trip to start just because of that. I know that's crazy
0: to think, but I would do that just to do it in October, get it out of the way. Just like the Arizona Coyotes before they make their yeah. debut at college. Some arena.
1: Yeah. Hey. So I saw a little bit of the Arizona state game on Saturday night. It was Saturday night. That was bad. There was no the crowd, game. not the crowd. It's just, I can't believe an NHL team's playing there. <laughs> like, I can't believe that. Like, it's honestly like when the Coyotes have their opening night, like when they play their first game, that's the first thing people are going to say. Like, I can't, is this an exhibition game. Is this the hockey Hockeyville game?
0: Yeah, right. It looks
1: like the craft hockey Hockeyville game. Um, It's like, I would rank at least 13 of the OHL ranks above this rank. At least. At least. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Flint. That's what it reminds me of. A little bit smaller than Flint. I think it's even smaller than Flint. But it reminds me of Flint with the bowl. And like where the media is and stuff. That's mm-hmm. what it kind of reminds me of from a distance. It reminds me of Flint. Like wow. Meridian, Oshawa, London, Kitchener, I would hey, say Hamilton, Hamilton, where they should be playing, where they yeah. would have been playing yeah. if uh, Jim Balsley. Yeah, if all that stuff didn't go down with the bankruptcy and stuff, uh, that's where they would have been playing, it sounds like. And actually, weird gets. I heard some interesting things last year about that hanging around the press box a lot. And um, they had a deal done with the National Hockey League. The, like they actually had a deal done for the Coyotes to go to Hamilton. But they uh but then apparently Gary just pulled out because they were too aggressively hmm. involved.
0: They were too aggressively
1: involved and they just wanted to move too quickly. Oh.
0: How, how dare yeah. they?
1: yeah, how dare we want to get a place out of a place out or, or get a team out of a place that yeah. only gets like three thousand fans a game? How dare <laughs> we do that and put them in a right in the middle of Ontario? How dare we do that? I can see Buffalo probably be complaining Buffalo Toronto probably didn't like it too much, so maybe they had a say on it, but apparently they had a deal done. So, that's kind of like a downer if you want an NHL team in Hamilton. Yeah. But if you didn't, hey, there's a positive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Player of the week. Goes to New York Islanders prospect Matthew Maggio of the Windsor Spitfires. My dad went to high school with his dad somewhere in Windsor. That's sweet. I think an assumption.
1: You had a cool story about your dad, too, with uh, Dale Hunter in London.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, good story. That's a cool story. So, at the... uh, are they still at the ice house? No, they wouldn't have been. I don't think. I can't remember. Whatever. Anyways. Yeah. Cause, cause my dad used to be like a regional manager at Wendy's, like he'd travel all around and yes, that is a thing for anyone out there wondering he'd, he mm-hmm. would do that. He was like a regional manager for, uh, for Wendy's. So he, he went to like places in Niagara Falls, St. Catharines, London. Um, that's sweet. Obviously I grew up in Windsor. Um, but but anyways, he was at the one in London. I guess Dale Hunter would always come by and uh get lunch at Wendy's. That's, it cool. wasn't every day, it was made like a few times a week, maybe. Um, and it was you always didn't want to have a he was saying you didn't want to have a conversation with him because he just always looked pissed off at something. Yeah, you, you get that vibe from Dale Hunter. And it's <laughs> like out. that with the
1: media, right? Because you never hear Dale Hunter really speak with the media.
0: Yeah. But yeah,
1: I get that vibe too, where it's almost like a Steve Eisman effect for us. You don't want to approach Steve Eisman, but you do. It's like that when you see Dale and Mark Hunter, both of them. It's like, that's Dale Hunter. I want to to say something to him, but I don't want to say something to them at the same time. And uh, that's something that we get through media. I guarantee you that if we (laughs) played, we would just go up to them. But in, in media, it's something where you have that respect where if something, if they look pissed off, you stay away. Mm-hmm. You stay away. That's what you're taught. I mean, we had that situation on the weekend where we just stayed away, but uh yeah. not gonna mention we're not gonna mention it like who and what happened, but there's situations where you want to just stay away and instead of a respect thing, right? They're doing they're at their office right now, and obviously out of the office like that. So it's interesting. Yeah, you don't want to approach them at all. Yeah. Uh we had the same thing in the media.
0: Uh, Maggio over the weekend, he had three goals, four assists, three games for the Spitfires. Uh, this past weekend, he was a plus five uh, as well. So it was the first time, first time suiting up this year at the WFCU Center since being returned uh, from the New York Islanders. And he was the man that, uh, that set up Alex Christopoulos for the overtime winner on Thanksgiving Monday. So pretty cool. Pretty cool moment for him. Oh. All right. And speaking of the Windsor Spitfires, look at that transition, Wardy. Woo-hoo. They will <laughs> meet... <laughs> They will meet the Saginaw Spirit on home ice October 20th as the first ohln 60 podcast featured game in the Western Conference. It's a yeah. 7.05 start in Windsor. It features quite not a few names, Colin. <laughs> Pro- yeah, no, we're not, not going, attending. We're not going, no,
1: Thursday no. nights in Windsor are tough. Oh, yeah.
0: but we would make it, it there for the end of the first period. Yeah. More likely. Which get home at 3 a.m. or 2.
1: We'd get home before it did 3, but... Well, thanks. It's a tough trip. It's a tough trip. Uh, we, keep, we keep saying that... Sorry, but we keep saying okay. that, thank God, the Bulldogs didn't win that Game 6 game.
0: Yeah, so happy. That would have been... Still.
1: Yeah. And even, if, even, if Windsor, even if Windsor was up 3-2, if it was vice versa, it doesn't matter the situation, we did not want a trophy presentation in Windsor. No. That, we wouldn't have got home. We would have got home at like... The next morning at like 7 a.m. What we would went right, go right to work. Yeah. Would have been go right to work. It would have been bad. Uh, I had to drink coffee. That, that's how late it was. 40. <laughs> I only drink coffee. And as you know this, I only drink coffee when I need it, when I'm tired. Mm. And that's the only time I'll drink coffee. So, yeah. That was I can't a tough believe one. I
0: stayed up for that entire trip home.
1: Yeah, I Brandon was, was out. Brandon was out. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you we were having some fun with that. Yeah. Tunes. <laughs> it's a fun with that. Um, yeah. I think Brandon was out just because we get playing Journey, don't stop believing the whole drive. More likely, hey, it was in his head after that was awesome. Yeah. Also, living in his head up. rent free. Yep. Oh, yeah, For just sure. like the four and oh Red Wings against the O and four Sabres last year in the head to head. Not a big Good deal, yeah. but we're on this year.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. This will be meeting number two this season between the Spitfires and Spirit. Windsor took the first one 5-4. That came mm, about 10 days ago, 10, 11 days ago. Um, that was in Saginaw as well. Windsor taking that uh, by one goal, but intriguing matchup for sure. Windsor Spitfires as we talk on a Monday. 10 points in the Western Conference. They lead That conference, 4-0-2, as I mentioned earlier on, yet to lose in regulation time, and I probably just jinxed it by saying that. I'm going to knock on my head for Windsor's (laughs) sake, knock on some wood, Um, but they are at the top of the Western Conference right now. Saginaw Spirit right behind them. I'm making this sound a lot more meaningful than it actually is through six and seven (laughs) games in the year. Uh, Saginaw Spirit, nine points, one point behind the Windsor Spitfires uh, as they head. Into this contest. Saginaw Spirit can score 37 goals through seven games. Mentioned that earlier on as well. But they've given up 29. Uh, Windsor Spitfires have scored 24. They've given up 20. We could talk about the players in this game, Morty, at length. But yeah. uh, what's one thing that kind of intrigues you about this matchup at the Wafku Center?
1: Yeah, so... One thing that really intrigues me about this is the goal scoring versus the defensive system. Obviously, Windsor can put the puck in the back of the net, but I think they're really getting their own end. And it starts with the goaltending situation. Um, Doesn't matter who starts. I'd imagine it's Anushka going, but if it's Anushka or Costanzo, both are quality goaltenders in the Ontario Hockey League. They'll keep the puck out of their net. And it's funny to see that it's going to be awesome to see this matchup, see the system, because I think this is a situation where Saginaw gets out of their system. Windsor can run away with this in my opinion yes Ottawa is having a really good start but I think Windsor's the best team in the Ontario Hockey League right now um I would say Windsor's the best team um in Ottawa yeah their their records there they look really good but Windsor's the best team right now when you watch them play I can't do why it's Windsor's best team and I like their system I like their coaching um both sides a very good coach a very good coaches, good front offices and uh I'm excited for that um by well, one thing I have, though, I have a question for you, Reese. And I mean, obviously, listeners, you guys can get involved as well on social media. Let us know. Pavel Mintikov comes in with five goals. He was, last week when we mentioned this, he was leading the league in goal scored as a defenseman. Does he score thirty-five goals this year? Oh man, as a defenseman, he got five already. We're not a quarter through the season. Yeah, that's tough. Just it's a third. Thursday. Thursday afternoon pregame. Yeah, I like that. We'll do the Twitter poll of this.
0: Yeah, he's he, he currently sits sixth right now, uh, coming off weekend number three, uh, leading the way Brendan Othman. Shocker. He's got uh he's got seven goals on the year so far. 35. I think you gotta put him at least 25. I'm not sure if he gets to 35. I think you put him around 25 for sure. And I mean, 20... He's up
1: in the rush.
0: I mean, he has 61 games to get 30 goals. It's
1: doable. It is very doable. I do agree with
0: you. I think 25 for sure. I think it would be a surprise if he got to 35. 25, I think he'll, he'll do. But 35, I... I think, I think that might be a stretch. I, I like think, that as a Twitter poll, though. I do
1: like that. I think 25 is a yes. 30 is a maybe. Uh, 35 is a wow. Like, mm-hmm. But if he keeps playing the way he is in the system, I mean, he's leading the rush for them sometimes. Like, he's up in the play. If he if that's going to continue, he's going to.
0: Yeah.
1: Depends how he plays, right? But he's going to if he plays in that, like that. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, something to look out for.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Not that this is a huge stat this early on in the year, but with him being sixth in the league in, in goals, and he's tied with quite a few guys uh, with five goals on the year. Uh, the next closest defenseman to him is Ty Nelson. He's got three goals on the year, and if we're going by the OHL website, uh, he is 37th in scoring. <laughs> so tight. Five yeah. games in big day. Hey, again, he's two Five goals behind him. In. Like, it's like tiny. how do you how do you really measure that? It's kind of tough, but uh yeah, yeah. no, definitely a, definitely a hot start. And that's what made this game so intriguing. Uh it was just you have the defending Western Conference champions, and they're first in the Western Conference they're right positive. now. And then and then you get Mintakov with Saginaw, you get Misa with Saginaw. Yeah. It's uh this is gonna be a fun night in Windsor for sure. Again, 705 is the start time at the Wafku Center. By the way, the man who told us about that nickname makes his return there this weekend. The Niagara Ice Dogs are in Windsor. Four o'clock start on Sunday for anyone that wants to go for anyone in Windsor that wants to see Zito come back. And I'm sure there'll be some sort of display or some sort of video on the board for Maybe Zito. Like so, yeah. Uh will have something. That should be that should be a good night for sure. Um, but, yeah, you know, fun show, Wardy. We're all done for another week.
1: Yeah, for sure. I had the Denver Bronco game on in the background. False start on the Chargers, uh, as we speak. As I don't think
0: I've on. ever but... seen anyone get more excited over a false start penalty.
1: Yeah, because they called a terrible <laughs> pass interference call. Yeah, because they called a terrible pass interference call in the second play of the game. And then another flag on the Broncos. There's two. And then there's a false start. No, it's a delay. one of those delayed calls. And also it's a pet peeve of mine this year. And obviously we'll stop the football talk when we'll the show, soon. And I'll shut up. I swear, but there it's a pet peeve of mine when every single incompletion, our receivers going like this to look for a flag as obviously you can't see this, but I'm throwing my hands in the air. As they're looking for flags every single incomplete pass. That's annoying this year. So yeah, there's my rant Play the wings. Go horn. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, It's going to be a fun week of games again. Uh, We will chat once again in seven days.